We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Nick's fans. <laughs> How you doing? Yes, we're off to a rousing start. It's your boy Jonathan Macri with you for another episode of the Nick's Film School podcast. Uh, coming to you from a remote location, deep in the backwoods of um, of Tennessee, as you could see from my surroundings. Uh, I actually took Fred's advice, Fred Katz's advice to heart. And I actually did go find a log cabin and uh, I killed an animal. <laughs> as you can see behind me, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, I actually killed it with the tennis racket. That's also behind me. I beat it to death. And now I hung its head on the wall. Um, joining me, not from my remote location, is Benji Ritholtz. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm good. You killed Satan. Congratulations. <laughs> so who made the I think Andrew made the Moon Knight joke. It does look hold on, I'm gonna tilt my camera here for a sec. It does look like the thing in Moon Knight. It really does. Um everybody listening on the pod, again, this is just a, a shameless attempt to, to get you to to subscribe to the next film school YouTube channel to see what the hell it is that we're talking about. Um Benji, how are you, my friend? I'm good, man. I guess I'm I'm very much in all season mode. Um, well, wait, hold on. I have to, st- I have to stop you. <laughs> okay. Off season. I, I thought we were doing full tape breakdown of Charlie Brown, uh, <laughs> junior and, and forecasting how his skill set is going to mix and match with the Knicks that we anticipate being on the roster, like four and five years. That, did you not do a third rewatch of the summer league games or? <sighs> Was I led? I'm not. Astray? I, I'm not proud of it. I'm not proud of it because uh, the prior version of me probably would have. <laughs> well, that's sad. <laughs> but it's more likely that I would have broken down like actual episodes of Charlie Brown <laughs> as my son watched it than it is Charlie Brown Jr. And I'm uh, not proud of it. I wish. I wish I watched more of this summer league season. I just haven't been. In the headspace, things going on in life. I just haven't really had the chance to soak it in. Um, I, I, I've heard exciting things about Jalen Martin. Sounds like he's had made a nice impact, and he's so young that like there's actually a potential player there. At some point, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a watch. But I cannot say this here today that I have watched much of it at all. Sadly. Um. Yeah. So you talk about life stuff. So I am. I, I said it in the newsletter. So I guess I could say it on the on the uh, on the pod. I'm moving soon, which is uh, kind of overtaken my life. And we also had Andrew's wedding, which was a whole weekend thing for those of us in the bachelor party. Uh, you are expecting a third child in very short order. So yeah, yeah. The, if if. Apologies in advance, anyone listening or watching. If you if you were tuning into today's episode in the hopes that there would be a full breakdown of all things Vegas, um, I'm not sure that this is going to be the place for you. But 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 we're going to talk about other stuff that that may be slightly more relevant. 
And and I should say, we should say, KFS has had it covered. Just have, not yeah, from, yeah, of from you. But we have the great Sean and Chris on the on the spot breaking down all the games that I've been tuning into just to get an idea of what's been going on. Um, but yeah, we're gonna have to go elsewhere uh, than summer league to have any kind of interesting conversation. But I know that we will because we always do. We always do. Um, so I, I texted you a couple days ago because it is like if I don't know, it feels like the we usually get there's a lot of stuff going on through the month of July to carry us at least through to August. And then is when like the real, the real off season starts. I feel like for as much as like Dame is happening, whatever that means, (laughs) I know that's what you really want to talk about. (laughs) 35 minutes of, 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 um, of Dame and you fighting back against the Dame disrespect. (laughs) Uh, Dame is happening and Harden, James Harden is James Harden happening. I don't know what even what that would look like. This is actually, this is the, this is the status quo for James Harden. Yes. It's, it's newsworthy when he's happy. (laughs) I'm going to report to camp in shape without any, like until he does that, it's not news anymore. It's just, this is, this is his, this is his homeostasis is like asking for a trade. Getting fat. <laughs> I saw. I did see a picture of him on the on the interwebs the other day. It's, yes, it's not looking svelte. Um, <laughs> so yeah, James Harden is being James Harden. Um, stuff may be happening in Toronto, or probably more likely is not happening in Toronto. But it, it, it's it's almost as if the the all of that is it's it's so. We we know what all that is, so it's it's like there's really been nothing new to talk about, nothing going on uh, that's that's newsworthy or noteworthy for a few weeks. So it has given me at least, and I, I'm feeling you as well, a chance to just kind of like settle into the off season, maybe take a step back, maybe like remove the brain from the constant like because I know you're like me, I'll be in a different way. Like just always thinking this stuff through and like going over and over. But we're, we're, we're removed from it now. So I felt like it was a good time for me and you to check in. Probably. I mean, I don't know how many we'll, we'll pod during the summer, but like, I feel like this is a good time for us to do the 10,000 foot view, you know, of like where, because the last time we talked, I think we were still talking about last season or, last season's playoffs and how it ended and like specific moves we want to see them do. I feel like we could zoom out now because the league and, and this is where I want to get your, your first kind of impression here. I feel like the league is in a really interesting place from this perspective. I don't like, I don't feel other than Denver and God bless Denver. They have everything going for them. Like you couldn't ask for more as a franchise. Couldn't ask for more. If I was a fan of the Denver Nuggets, I'd be, Happy as a pick and shit. Other than that team, like it feels like everything across the league is maybe not unsettled, but like where else are you looking at in the league where it's like, oh, they're they're definitely on the come up. Nothing, nothing's wrong with that situation. Or like even the young up and coming teams, like they have significant question marks. So I feel like we're entering this really interesting place. And we'll get to the Knicks in a second, but let's start with like the league at large. Are you kind of on the same page with me there? Yeah. Who like Usually, there I feel like there's a team, a young team that like lost in the yep. second round in a great series, and you just know is going to take a, a big leap. Um, that felt like Memphis last year, frankly. And oh my god, yes, this year was derailed. Uh, you go back to obviously like Golden State 2014, like when they went OKC out. 2009. Yeah, like you, there are these always these kind of pictures of a team that you, you know is coming. And it does kind of feel like other than Denver, although I will say Denver, I think got a little worse um, this year. I think it's either teams that uh, at the top who have these question marks have gotten a little bit worse or getting a little bit older. Like no team really has taken the off season by storm. A Dame trade, notwithstanding to Miami. Cause I think that would be, very significant and and shift the balance of power in a real way. But then there, the, the young teams that you know are coming, I think OKC is probably the best example. Like they're so young. 
and their guys are so raw that like I don't it could I would I be shocked if OKC came out and won a ton of games this year? No, but like things would have to go right and the pieces would have to hit and like Chet would have to like these guys we haven't even really seen prove it yet would have to prove it right away. And I'm not sure they're quite ready for that yet. So uh, it is kind of a strange place where the league is and I guess encouraging the kind of parity that the league seems to want and it does seem to be coming. I it's funny. It's funny you bring that up because I'm doing. Somebody wrote me a an email or a newsletter comment asking me to like project the league. They asked me specifically with the East, but of course I took it and I did it with the West too. Where the league is going to be at in two to five years, in terms of like where the contender is going to be. And it's funny because I was looking at the West today, doing kind of that exercise, and like you could make an argument that like three or four teams that could come out of the West next year, not Denver, but like other teams that could legitimately come out of the West next year would be in like the bottom five or six of those like quote unquote future power rankings because it's, they're so built for right now. And then you got, like you mentioned, OKC, like, yeah, they have all this stuff going for them, but they probably don't have a number one, right? I mean, I love SGA. You love SGA. We both love SGA, but is he like, is he the best guy on a championship team? I don't know. Maybe. If they build maybe. Right around, maybe, but I, yeah, I don't know. You know, there, there's enough questions there. You know, Orlando, I love what Orlando's putting together. They don't have a proven point guard or a proven guard, really. Um, if you want to, you know, go go even further. So it, it, the league is in this interesting place, and I I wanted to start there because I feel like we've settled into this place with the Knicks, and I thought. Uh, Get my drink ready. Zach Lowe and Ian Bagley had a, a very illuminating podcast on on Zach's feed the other day, um, in which they kind of really laid laid it all out. Like the Knicks have been in on all of these guys. Like everybody who gets mentioned, Towns, Levine, Paul George, Bradley Beal, like Harden, like they've been they've kicked the tires on all these guys. But they've been very like it's it's very apparent now. It's like all right, we're gonna go this far. On all these guys. And if we're not going a step further than that, because, and we know why, because, because Embiid and because maybe Giannis and because maybe someone else that we're not thinking about right now. And so they, they clearly are operating with like, I I don't know. Is it fair to say that they're operating almost like with confidence that like, Hey man, we see what's going around on in the league right now. Not sitting here thinking we're going to win a championship this year, but, but, but we like our position. And um, maybe not for next year, but like in two years, in three years, in four years, that's that's kind of what I've been thinking about the last few weeks. As I've again, as I've kind of taken a step back from it all. Yeah, I think they're operating from a place of the worst thing we can do is make the wrong move. Yep, and there is a shelf life here because Brunson's going to get paid. Like right, we've I mean you and Jeremy talked about this a million times. Like the paydays are coming for some of these guys. The extensions are looming for Grimes and quickly hasn't signed his yet. And that stuff is on the horizon. It's going to be, it's going to be on us sooner than we think. Right. Um, At you fast. Life comes at you fast, but at the same time to rush into a, a deal for the less than perfect guy who doesn't increase your chances to win enough or like you can feel really confident that we are in the inner circle of contenders because we got this guy and we gave mm-hmm. up whatever we gave up. I personally think that it's the right frame of mind to operate under. I, I feel good about them not pulling the trigger of being disciplined about it. Um, everybody in the world knows that they're in on all these conversations. I think mm-hmm. their young players know they're in on those conversations, which is an interesting dynamic. Um, but I think. I I am happy. Like I said, from the very beginning, like when the season ended, I said, my guess is they trade Obi, they extend quickly. They sign DiVincenzo because I think we all kind of thought that was going to happen. And I thought Mm -hmm. that was going to be their off season. Now, two of those three things have happened. Haven't yet done the quickly extension. I wonder where that is or how it doesn't sound like there's been a ton of. Ian, I I took the, again, just reading from my, my vantage point. I, I, Ian didn't like say they're going to get it done, but he seemed to be indicating that like he'd be surprised if right. it didn't get done. So I think you're going to be three for three. Yeah. And I, and look, I, I, that was kind of what I, where I wanted it to go. I knew the names that were out there. 
didn't necessarily think any of them would have jumped this team to the next level. Um, and I think they're, they have a, a legitimate chance next year to do damage, um, just like they did this year. And I want to get back to that, but keep going. I think they're in a really good spot. I think you have to be happy about where they are. And maybe they're the team, you know, we we're just maybe <laughs> is there a second round team, a second round well, that lost and was kind of projecting where they were going to go. Maybe it's the New York Knicks. I don't know. Uh, they, I think, I don't think, I, I think there's an argument that they got better. I think with internal development <laughs> on its own, they should get better. Um, I, I expect big things for Grimes, from Grimes in particular next year. So, Hey, maybe that's the team that makes a big jump. I'm not confident in that, but I am confident that it's a good basketball team. And I, I'm happy that they didn't sacrifice what's a, a good thing they have going for whatever that less than perfect move is. So I have, a, I completely agree with you. And I'm happy you said with confidence that they're a good basketball team because I'm older than you, as we know. I have a little bit more PTSD than you, and I'm also not I'm not able to be as universally rational as you are because your opinions are steeped in film uh, more than mine. I say all this to make this point. There is a small part of me that does worry. What if they take the step back? Be- and part of that is because, again, a lot of bad shit has happened to this franchise over the, the last several decades. And specifically, Two years ago, we know what happened to you. We don't have to go over what happened two years ago. Now, they I think we know the reasons why they took that significant step back two years ago. And I don't think that there's any reason to believe that the things that befell that team are going to befall the team that is here right now. And we I want to get into some of the reasons for that. But like you, I just want to like go back to that. You feel confident this is a good basketball team. Yes. I do. Uh, assuming health, of course, which assuming is always, health, the, which yes, is always the, the wild card, right? Obvious like caveat. Jalen Brunson breaks a knee, then like that's, you know, that's that. But, I, you know, assuming health, I think that this is a good basketball team. I think they have a formula that works in the regular season, certainly. I think there's really no... Look, I, I, I don't know who would get worse next year. I think maybe, like, because nobody shot the ball great. Like Brunson did, but I think Brunson's a great shooter. Like, to yeah. who's the guy? <clears throat> if anything, they shot pretty poorly and like below expectations. Certain guys. Like, did you see the the chart going on? Um, I think it was NBA University. If if I'm misattributing, I, I apologize. But um, it ranked the t- the bottom ten corner three point shooters in the league. Minimum seventy five attempts. We had two of them. Uh, RJ and and they weren't just any two. It was RJ and Julius. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I don't know if those guys are going to shoot any better. They might be just like that kind of shooter and whatever, but I think quickly could certainly shoot a lot better next year. I think Grimes could be a 40% shooter. Um, DiVincenzo, obviously I I would assume is going to shoot a better percentage than Obi did. Um, So, I mean, maybe Josh Hart's shooting in the regular season was not so sustainable. That's probably true. But Um, they have Hart the whole year. That's the 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 other big thing. So, you know, I, I, I don't see like where the drive it's you have the continuity, right? It's the same team. Um, I feel confident they're going to like, I don't know if they're going to win 50. Like, I think the over under was what 43 and a half or something like that. You know, it's not like Vegas is like, thinks this team's going to be a, a massively they, improved for next year. Oh, wait, they, they're already five and a half. for this. I saw the over-unders. GMAX says 45 and a half. I thought I saw 43 and a half. Oh, wow. See, this is news to me. I didn't even oh, there know you the go. over-unders came so 40, out. So 45 and a half. Okay. Seems about right. Maybe even a little high. But like, I, do I think they're going to win over 42 games next year? I do. Yeah, they're going to be like a good team. Like, I, I, if they're healthy, I do. I believe they're going to be a good basketball team. Uh, I agree. And now I want to go back to something you said a minute ago about like, maybe they're the team that makes the leap. And to me... And I mean, this is no disrespect to Quentin Grimes, who I think he get better, to Emmanuel Quickly, who I think he get better, to RJ Barrett, who I think I'd I'd actually be shocked if we were not about to see the best season of RJ Barrett's career. Shocked, I, I really would. I think I think the be- best is coming right now. Um, no disrespect to any of those guys. I'm trying to think if I'm forgetting anybody. No, those are the those are the young the key young guys. But to me, 
if we're sitting here and we're talking about, I, I don't know how crazy we want to get, like a three seed, right? We're talking about it because Jalen Brunson is like ascended to what, I guess, what's the next level, right? It's a, a, like, 12, a, like 26, 27 a game kind of season, like that. 26, 27, seven, eight assists. He's like, you know, one of the two or three or four like best Man. pick and roll point guards in the league. Like, is that, and, and it's funny because like to me, sitting here having just watched the season he had, I don't, I mean, is it likely? No, I don't think it's likely. I don't think it's nuts either. I really don't. I don't think it's nuts. I I wonder because of the way he plays. And you saw this in the playoffs. Like for him to get to thirty, he's got to have the ball a lot, <laughs> a lot, yeah. and and he's not a ball mover. Um, and so I think we're already a pretty ISO heavy offense, and and it should be. Certainly with Brunson, it should be. He should ISO a lot. He's one of the best ISO players in the league. That's a re- there's a reason they do it. It's because he's excellent at it. Um, I think though, if if he if his usage goes up significantly, like it was in the playoffs, I think you're going to see a very stagnant offense, even more than it already is. That worries me a little bit. Like I he he's not yet a pick and roll. I don't know if he'll ever be a pick and roll maestro where he's hitting every pass. Um, sure. He can't really see over it. You know, like. It's one thing to go like heliocentric with Luca, who who can make every pass from any angle at any time. Um, it's and another make shot from yeah, uh, that's know, different. But frankly, so so can Brunson really. But like with Brunson, it's it becomes kind of one dimensional. So I don't know if they want to play that way. Um, that's fair. And Good point. Now I think he'll. I what did he average last year? Twenty two, twenty three. I'm gonna guess twenty three and change. Or we're about. I, I, I could definitely see it getting up 24, 25, just with the extra confidence he now has that he's like, that he can be the guy. Um, and the Knicks, just, and I, I assume the coaching staff's increased confidence that like he is the guy. <laughs> um, so yeah. I, I could definitely see that. Um, it'll be interesting. I think a lot of it, like, like the year that we're afraid of, which was to, you know, last two seasons ago, like, where's Julius at? How, what does his season look like? That's going to be a big swing for them um, because he does take up a lot. He, he soaks up a lot of usage um, and it's been volatile. So like what Julius do we get next season? And if it's, if it's the guy we saw in the regular season last year, I think they'll win a lot of games. Cause I think Brunson is just going to be Brunson. I have like zero. He's a top 30 guy in the league. Like he just is. And where Julius goes, you know, Julius can also be a top 30 guy in the league and then he could be like a bottom you know, <laughs> he could be between 90 and 100 if he plays poorly. Yeah. Like he's just that he's very volatile. So like that to me is a swing factor in a lot of ways is like, what, what Julius do you get? I, that, I mean, it's, it's the eternal swing factor. One thing I do feel good about, and that's again, this brings us back to the quickly point. If quickly gets paid the, and, and we're all, we all are assuming the Josh, obviously the Josh Hart extension seems like a, a fate, a company. Um, then the only guy left who is going to won't have that that contract is Grimes and I you could maybe there's a little bit of a fear that like you know Grimes gets squeezed a little bit you know with DiVincenzo now here and like but like I don't know the coaching staff seems to love him so much even though they did bench him in the the playoffs kind of um I think he's I I'd see a I would be very surprised if there was a world where Quentin Grimes were not playing at least half of the game, you know, like he's 24, 25, 26 minutes. I maybe even more than that um, because he's still, I mean, he's still important for so many things that they need on the floor around their main guys. So like if that's the one guy that is, you know, quote unquote, still gunning for a contract and like just the way Grimes plays, I'm not worried about him like suddenly not like, you know, causing waves or anything. He just doesn't, he seems like a guy who's going to put his head down and get to work. And like, he also is smart enough, I think to know that his player type, his archetype in the league, like whether it's the Knicks or somebody else, someone's going to be, that dude's going to get paid. You know, he could shoot, he could defend, like he's, he's going to be good. So I don't, I think there's like the disease of more, you know, the Pat Riley we've talked about. I, I'm, I'm not that worried about that for this roster, which I think is another thing we could, you know, say is is in the the plus column, so to speak. 
Yeah, I, look, I think you got you, you moved off of the one guy who had uh, exactly. an extremely legitimate gripe about playing time, and certainly what couldn't have been happy with his place on the team for the last since he started. Um, and I think fairly, but I think that was the guy. Um, that said, like, I do I think that Grimes is like thrilled that they brought in Divincenzo, yeah, and it's true uh, the the year before he's extension eligible and. He's not going to play 35 minutes. He's going to play between 20 and 30 somewhere. Um, I don't, I'm sure he's not. And Unless there's a trade. That's, which, we, again, there's correct. not going to be a trade. We don't think there's going to be a trade right now. But, like, how Tibbs handles the, this wing rotation now, and it's a team all of a sudden that's full of wings, um, yeah. is going to be maybe the most interesting question going into the year. Like, that, that is not an easy group to manage. Any of them can close. Yeah. We've seen quickly do it. We've seen Grimes do it. We know Josh Hart's going to close that. I know he's going to be there. Right. So one of those spots is taken. Julius is going to close every game. Mitch is going to close Mitch or Hart or Hartenstein's going to close every game. So it's Brunson, Randall, Hartenstein, Hart. If they're closing every game, that leaves one spot for Grimes quickly and DiVincenzo. And like, I don't buy that DiVincenzo is not going to get a chance. <laughs> Did you do this subconsciously? You did what it twice. You didn't mention RJ Barrett either time. Oh my God. Jeez. Look, man. We we saw the RJ Hart lineups in the playoffs, though, and like that is not. It's not the recipe. The spacing is not great. Like those guys shouldn't play together a ton. And if Hart's, if I assume Hart's going to close, which I do, I do too. You're I like don't. stunned right now at your. I, yeah, see, like I'm in offseason mode. I haven't been thinking about the closing lineups, but like I, I no, that's I think what, they're they're going to have one of their they're going to have one of their shooters out there with that lineup. I think they did it at the end of yeah. last year, right? I mean, yeah, that, no, no, the, no, the end of the season last year was Grimes or quickly, depending on who was playing well. RJ did not close games, um, and I think that's okay. If like, RJ's got to get his thirty, but like I think, I think that's okay. It's just going to be interesting how they how Tibbs manages all of these wings. And yeah, the fact that I forgot RJ is like a real, like, hello, like he's a guy that wants to close every game too. You, you know, it's funny. I, I don't want to get into a whole RJ thing, but like you, you, the last minute is all anyone needs to know about one, why a lot of people, I don't want to say a lot of people, some people, people thought that RJ Barrett potentially would be traded this summer, um, maybe because the team very nearly traded him last summer. Um, number one and two, why I think RJ Barrett may still be on this team because if he, I mean, if they could get, I think if they could get the value for him that they think they need to get to make a to make a trade involving him make sense. I think there's a good chance they would have done a, a trade involving him. I don't know for who, or I don't know when or any of those specifics, but like the fact that you're sitting here and you're, and we're, you know, again, we're not going to do the whole closing lineup thing, but like, okay, well, what do you need? You need shooting around your main guys. Okay. You need elite, you know, defense. So it's like, well, you know, there's a reason why you forgot RJ as, as you know, a, a candidate to, to, the close game. So I, whatever, we don't have to go too far down that road, but I thought it was interesting. Yeah. I mean, by the way, like I, I'm not sure that Hart needs to be in the every closing lineup. I, I think t- I just, uh, based on last year, this is what I assume is going to happen. I, I, I think it could be viewed as a, it should be viewed as a luxury that you have a bunch of guys, depending on matchup, feel of the game, how guys are playing that you can throw out there and be confident they can close the game. Like if you have a point guard out there that's torching you, Grimes is your guy. Like that's the guy who's going to be best suited to guard a, a, a heavy pick and roll point guard. Like if there's more size on the floor, you need someone to stop real big wings. Then yeah, then Hart should be in there. Maybe RJ should be in there with you if you need more size. <laughs> if like Divincenzo's just feeling it for a night and like has made five threes, like am I like sh- maybe he's the one? Like I don't. Divincenzo's really good, man. Like he might be their best shooter right now. Like I think Grimes is, but Divincenzo's proven it at, at a higher level. Like. Maybe that's the guy that should be out there. I don't know. But like, I think Tibbs is going to close his heart every night. I hope that he is flexible and um, just kind of lets the game tell him what to do, as he likes to say. Yeah. 
No, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, what you're really saying is like, what, what is the scenario where RJ closes, right? It's like, in theory, in theory, it's like Julius is having a really down game and we, and RJ is having a good game and we, we, you know, we want the, the, we need a secondary creator out there next to, next to Brunson, but then, you know, that leaves you a little small and, and who knows, you know, who knows what lineup the opposing team is playing it. Look, there's a long winded way of saying for as great as the team um, or for as many strengths as the team has and for as solid as they are across the board, it's still imperfect. There's still more work to be done and this is not a finished product, mm-hmm. um, but that's fine. Uh, that's fine. The, the, I don't think any of us ever thought that next year was going to be the year, but it still is a big year. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenbloom.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I mean, we, we don't have to go on too much further, but like just again, zooming out for a second. Let me ask you this. Of Philly and Milwaukee, and I'll give you the chance, give you an opportunity to like if there's another team out there, I don't mm-hmm. know, New Orleans or something. What's is what's the team that you're gonna be keeping an eye out for out of the out of your kind of peripheral vision? To see, like, oh, that's interesting that they're a game above 500 and it's the middle of January or something like that. Um, for obvious reasons. You mean like in a positive way, like they're scary in a negative way, like what, no, in a negative what, is, way. What, what does this mean for the Knicks is what you're saying? Yes, exactly. Ah, the latter Dallas. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They just, they, they just tied themselves to Kyrie Irving. I mean, is that not wise? Do we have, I'm sorry. Do we have, uh, I'm gonna, need, I'm gonna need some evidence, sir. Is that a, is that a poor I, idea? If you want to talk about, and by the way, they could go well. They could play really well together. They could win 55 games this year. Well, it wouldn't shock me. Me neither. But when you add Kyrie Irving to a mix, you have Oppenheimer potential. Like this thing could go. Like you just, it's like adding like I don't know baking soda to the to the. The hell am I talking about? Is, no, yeah, I think you're on the right track. Yeah, yeah, baking soda things explode. Isn't that a thing? I don't know. Yeah, that's sure. absolutely a thing. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Soda, maybe? I, I'm keep. I don't. Real uh, baking soda with actual soda? Is that a thing? No. And and Luca is the soda. There you go. That's it. Anyway, yeah, that's what I'm keeping my eye on that because they have they have royally screwed this up, man. 
they have royally screwed this up, Dallas. They have a generational talent on their team. They have made several wrong moves along the way. They tanked a season on purpose. Um, they like you're going to tell me that Luca is automatically going to be a, a maverick for life? No, I I, I don't think so. Um, and so, yeah, I would, I will have my eye on that, on that situation for sure. I mean, we know Brunson and Luca make a nice dynamic duo. Um, you know, so yeah, I think, and by the way, if you ask me like a preference between like these, like kind of dream scenarios yeah. and names, that's the guy, that's the guy because Embiid scares the hell out of me. Um, for bad reasons <laughs> to be clear, he scares the hell out of me. Um, Giannis is arguably already declining. Um, and he might come. I think I have a feeling he's going to come out and destroy the league next year. But we're talking about a guy that doesn't have a jump shot. That's already, what is he? 29? He's or 28. Like, yeah, he's 28. And as much as we people for some reason think that a prime is like 30, 31, it's not. It's like 27, 28 really is like if you look at the production of like most players, that's the prime. So and how does his game age? Like, I don't know. Luca is super young. He is extraordinarily good, and we know he plays well with the other guy that we have. So, yeah, that is the team that I am watching carefully, closely, and not 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 least of which is because we also have their pick, right? Uh, we we do <laughs> again, hopefully, unless they exactly. Um, listen, you're talking to someone who, as the man producing this podcast right now, uh, I'm sure recalls very well once uttered Luca's <laughs> name in the same sentence as, as Michael Jordan. No, because I think, I think he has, I think Luca has the potential to be, I, I mean, I'll just say it. I think he has the potential to be one of the 10 greatest players who ever lived. I mean, let me rephrase that. He has the talent to do it. He has the talent. Cause you can't, he's the most unguardable offensive force in the league. Now, maybe when Benyama, when Benyama comes along and, and changes that, I'll, I'll believe that when I see it. I still think it's Luca. I think it's going to be Luca for for a while. The the funny thing with Luca is, you know, with the Dame thing this summer, um, it we you know the, all the talk is about like how, you know is is Miami's offer terrible? Is Miami's offer you know Zach's been using the word palatable? You know nobody thinks it's great, right? Nobody thinks it's a great offer, but. Um, and there's, I think, an acknowledgement that like the they they couldn't get a better offer elsewhere. So Luca has three more years left on his contract before he has a player option. I I just wonder because you want to talk about no pun intended. Do you want to talk about a guy who could who's capable of throwing his weight around um, and probably would not mind doing it. If there were a scenario where much like Dame is like, I'm going to play for Miami. I'm not playing anybody else. I'm playing for Miami. If Luca was like, yeah, I'm going to play for the Knicks. That's where I want to go. I'm going to play for the Knicks. That's where I want to be traded. Trade me there. Or, you know, like given how much it would take to get him for another team to trade for him. And because, you know, with Luca, he's one of those few guys that like much like Durant, Kevin Durant tore his fucking Achilles. He was out for a year. Nobody gave a shit. He was still would have gotten the max from as many teams. Like Luca is that level of talent. He doesn't need the security. There's going to be teams lining up to pay him every you know ounce of money they can. So for him to take, he's, he could take it to free agency. It's totally fine. And to have have that hanging over, you know, a potential team who's going to give up everything to trade for him just to see him walk. In when I mean again when when we don't know when when this would happen but like it, it's I, and I say all this to say like I've been the one who's like the Mavs are never trading him to the Knicks I just I wonder you know I wonder it'd be an interesting scenario damn right it would be an interesting scenario <laughs> um, yeah uh, he seems like the kind of guy that's really bad analysis he seems like the kind i'll say it anyway he seems like the kind of guy who would think to himself man i could freaking win this thing in msg and like have a legacy like it's you know this is like that's the thing about what they did last season i know this has been talked to talked about to death but like he lives for that kind of thing you know you just watch him and you know he lives for his run two years ago in the playoffs 
that's what that like that the way he took like that is what he lives for and they took it away from him and that's how do you think he enjoyed those heat, those heat games in the finals oh, that's what i mean so it's i just wonder man like where his head's at and maybe his head is just at like i love no state tax and mark cuban is my best friend but i don't know i don't think so and that that's definitely the team that I am monitoring. It's also like my dream, dream, dream scenario is that he comes at some point. I'll give you a hot take. Um, Maybe we should all be rooting for the heat to get Dame because couldn't you make an argument that they would be the biggest threat if like, because I mean, look, I don't think, I think Luca is the type of guy who he wants to have his cake and eat it too. He seems to like for as much as as he is dedicated to the craft, he also seems to like the life of of being an NBA superstar. Um, South Beach has been known to attract a player or two mm. who's into that sort of thing. If they trade for Dame, then maybe they go off the t- that maybe that that's their move. And then what does it come down to? It comes down to like. You know, I mean, we know who it comes down to. It comes down to the Lakers. It comes down to, I guess, the Nets. If you want to, if you want to throw them in there, I mean, I, you know, maybe there's someone else that I'm, I'm not thinking of. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's. I think it's a good pick by you. I like it. It's a good pick. Thanks, man. Yeah, we can all dream. We can all dream. But it's good. It's good to have dreams. Even with, yeah, and the, again, the great thing about where this team is is you can have those dreams, and they're semi-realistic because they kind of make sense. And they and the Knicks will be a player in any any one of these guys who asks out the Knicks are in the, in, in the conversation and at the yeah. same time at the same time it's a team that could win 50 and people wouldn't be shocked this year that's a really great place to be well and I think maybe we could end it there because like I think what what will be most interesting for me watching this team um well because there's there's three scenarios they either play two expectations which I, that's what I would expect. They play below expectations, in which case they're going to be looking to make a move to shake things up. And maybe that's the moment where they get, they display a little bit more urgency than we've seen them thus far. And then mm. there's, then there's the third scenario, which is like, what if they do screw around? And we're, I hope these are not famous last words and I, I'm not indicting them to, you know, again, repeat two years ago. But what if they do screw around and we're sitting here and it's the middle of January and they're like two games back of first place in the East or something. Does that embolden them um, to, to do something that maybe they would have been slightly more unwilling to do now? Mm. That's all of those things bear watching. And I mean, look, we got a, we got a few months before camp open. So, you know, we got a lot of time to think about it, but that's, it's going to be a fun year. It's going to be an interesting year. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting. I, I think the front office is like super, they're, they're um, I think in a good way, they're just like always probing, like based on all the reporting that I hear, like they are not, they, every situation is monitored. Um, they have different scenarios mapped out for their own guys, like where it ends up. I think they're open to being convinced. Um, the quickly is a great example, right? Like they were, st- but, and, and maybe they, sh- they, maybe they should be criticized for like, not kind of get understanding what they had. Cause I think, some of us would have said they should have known that, but at the same time, they're willing to be, have their minds changed. I think that's a positive attribute. Like I think Tibbs maybe was on his way out. Right. And they, <laughs> they convinced them to, to hang around. Like, so like, I think that's good. They're open. They're always thinking they're on top of it. Um, they have maybe a lot of kicks in the, ki- a lot of cooks in the kitchen, but at least they're all cooking. Right. They're all, they're all doing their different great- things. They're tampering, they're, they're, they're <laughs> monitoring, they're scouting. They got guys doing everything. And ultimately, they're canvassing the league, I think, in a productive way where they know what they're doing to some extent. So that's comforting. Um, and we'll see where it goes. I, I lied. One last thing. Andrew has uh, requested in the chat. Can we get any of Benji's OB thoughts slash takes oh, before we get out of here? So just I'll preface this by saying just like you subconsciously forgot RJ Barrett existed a few minutes ago. I would just so very much like to put any mention of Obi Toppin. But, and again, this is nothing personal against Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin seems like an awesome guy. I, I like you have enjoyed watching him play. Um, 
you know, I, I do acknowledge that it's been an unfortunate situation. I just am so done with it. And I think the hullabaloo, yes, hullabaloo around the whole thing has reached levels that I think are um, perhaps unwarranted for the player that he is, uh, which I think is somewhere between a very, very nice role player and just a fine role player. Um, all that is to say, I wasn't going to bring it up, but GMAC wants to hear your thoughts on it. So any thoughts you have on Obi and the situation? Now that I'm thinking about it, I, I, what, you what kind about? of <laughs> setup is this? <laughs> What? Benji, can we? So it's Benji. Before we get your takes, let me give all my takes that everyone's already. It's like heard. thirty seconds of my takes, just to, in case maybe somebody hasn't listened to the yes, podcast. Nobody's long. heard how you feel about Obi. Top to John, to John, Obi is is the same as that uh, dead animal behind him, basically. Yes, literally, <laughs> and he killed him with the same tennis rackets. Yes, my goodness. I just I saw Benji's takes on Twitter. Benji has not been on here. You know, no, I was about to say I hadn't thought well, I hadn't I haven't team. had a yeah. I, I haven't aired out my uh, my thoughts. I, Go for I, it. I, I honestly I, I won't take too long, but I do I I've been thinking a lot about Obi. Um, fascinating case study in a lot of ways, um, and I've like I started doing this basically his like the first kind of game that I watched and like tweeted about was like his first summer league game. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like a, a definitely a personal element to it just cause I really started covering the team when he came aboard, wrote my first article about him. Um, and I've written a lot of things about him. So there's like kind of a, a personal element to it. And he's, um, it's one of those things where I don't really know because we haven't seen it. Um, I, 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 I'm not, I, I'm not confident enough in my own analysis to know how it's going to look if he's, and, I, and for all I know, Indiana's not going to play him 30 minutes a game. I don't know, but I think he's going to get 25. And if he does, I think there's potential for him to really break out. And on the on the offensive end in that system, run run and gun, which like Carlisle has spoken about, like they are going, they they got him because they want to play, continue to play really fast, like they did last year. So they are they are adding to a strength that they already had, which I think is powerful. Um, he's going to have a green light. He's going to be able to run up and down. He's going to shoot a lot of threes, just like he did in New York. But he's going to obviously be able to. He's going to screen more. He's going to roll more. He's going to get more opportunity to do all the things that he did in very, very limited opportunities in New York. Um, and I'm really excited to see it. Like I will watch those games. I'm curious to see how it looks hmm. um, as an education also, because like we've all tried to project it out. We've seen like limited times where he's starting mostly in like garbage time or, or, or meaningless games. Um it, the numbers do say that like when he gets the time, he produces at a very high level. Um, and I, I, I am very interested to see how it looks. Um, I think he's a player that also big picture NBA, like play style, something that I'm really interested in is kind of where his archetype positional situation is going in the league. I think you look at a lot of the, a lot of the guys you could kind of comp him to, whether it's John Collins who just got traded for nothing, whether it's PJ Washington, I think is a guy who they don't, no one seems to be wanting to pay this guy, even though he's a good player. Um, another comp for Obi. Um, one more guy that's slipping my mind. That Christian I Wood. Who, Christian Wood. Another guy, right? Who a little bit different, but similar idea where like very powerful offensively can do a lot of different things offensively. Can't really protect the rim. Can't really guard wings. So like where do you fall out? And teams don't seem to be valuing those guys unless you're super creative, like a Julius or a Zion. Um, and can like really be like an engine offensively. Like these are complementary offensive players who are pigeonholed to that four spot on defense. And I don't know where the league is going. Or it seems I should say the league is going away from those types of players. I mean, two of them just got traded for absolutely nothing. And two of them, no one wants to pay. And I think that tells you a lot, right? So it's small picture, like my own personal feeling about him. Like I really loved watching him. I think what he was able to do in, in, in short bursts was really impressive, really hard to do. Um, to, to make that kind of impact that he often did in 10 to 12 minutes a game, his, his playoff performance told me a lot about like what, where he is mentally 
and that he can come in and make a real impact in a playoff game, which he did. Um, so yeah, all of those thoughts going through my head, but I'm excited to watch him next year. I think it'll be really interesting and educational as far as like what he looks like on the, uh, with his next team in this situation, I will miss watching him. And all of that said, and I did end up taking a long time. It was time with this coach and with Julius Randall, it was time to get, it was time to move on. It was not doing anything for anybody anymore. Um, better for the player, better for the team. I don't think the Knicks as constructed and as coach will miss him. Doesn't mean he's not good. That's just how I feel about this coach and this team. They will not miss him. I think DiVincenzo does the things that Obi was doing for this team better than Obi does them. So, you know, good for everybody. It was, you know, unfortunately the value wasn't where it should have been. That stinks. That's self-inflicted to some extent, situational to some extent. And here we are. But I, I will tune in and watch and see how it goes. I think it'll be interesting to honor next season. I, I That was very well said. I think Benji nailed where I am at this point on the OB side of things where it's like, I wish it could have worked out here. They probably should have traded him two years ago. And that's on multiple parties involved. I also think the Knicks got better in the player they replaced him with. So I think the Knicks can be fine and Obi can be fine next season. And it doesn't have to be like an indictment on either or if a situation goes a different way next season. If Obi's averaging 14 a game in 25 minutes, but the Knicks are like fighting it out for the four seed because Dante DiVincenzo added another shooting element to this team that he couldn't give. That's, that's a win-win for everybody. Who knew we could have that in the discourse of NBA conversations today? It's um, it's a nice thing for him, for Obi, because Obi's not the level of player. And this is the point that I've tried, I tried to make a month ago when he got traded. Obi's not the type of player that you rejigger your your roster around. You 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 know you, you he's not good enough that you build around his skill set. So it's nice that there was a team out there and I believe there was one team out of 30 that they didn't have to rejigger anything because what do they want to do? They want to fly up and down the court. They're probably not all that concerned with defense right now. Um, you know, so it's like plug and play. And yet, and yet, and yet I find it interesting that who are they rumored to be in in for? Pascal, Pascal. Yeah, I saw that. That's why I said, I think he's going to get a lot of time. Um, and we'll see. I also, I also think like Carlisle, the way the team plays, like I, I could see him playing some five. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. So they'll find, they'll, they'll probably find some more time for him anyway. Um, but it is, uh, it is, look, I'm not, you know, I don't, I think he could be productive as a starter. Doesn't mean that he'll get to start. Um, and I think, the way the league obviously looks at him, like there were other teams that could have gotten OB for more, presumably, and they didn't know that offer wasn't there. Um, so the league doesn't seem to view him as particularly valuable right now. I think he could probably change that, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, cause I think I'm like you, I think he's going to, unless they trade for Siakam, I think he's going to have a nice year. I think he'll, you know, average 15, 16 points, whatever it is. Um, be efficient. Yep. None of you think they'll give a bigger look at Walker? Like again, it's another eighth pick. Jarris Walker, the guy they took with the eighth pick. But that to me, that's like again, it's like, yeah, they're gonna love Obi because he's gonna, you know, he's gonna dunk it and it's gonna be flashing or whatever. He's not in their long term plans. I mean, I'm what would he have to do to become to move the, his way into their long term plans over a guy that I think everybody seems to agree, like this is the dude that you want, you know, play in that position for where the league is headed. You know, yeah, I don't think they're gonna. I, I I don't think they're gonna extend him like during the season unless he really like. Well, they can't. Out. They, okay. they can't. Oh, they can't. I don't know. Okay. No, they can't. They they would have to extend him before the season starts, and I I don't think they're gonna come to an agreement. Oh, that's like, right. That's right. That's right. I got you. But like, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, like, it, but again, just for argument's sake, and this this to me is why. Man, it's, it's a big year for him. It's mm-hmm. a huge year for him, but I think the, the Collins comp is so perfect because like. Collins, I know he didn't shoot it well this year, but a year ago he shot it really. Like Collins last summer was coming off a really good year. Numbers were good, like you know, and and nobody wanted to give up anything for him. So this year, if Obi does put up some numbers, nice efficiency, they win some games, and they don't, you know, and they don't make him a big offer. Like, is there going to be some other team that's like, we see what you did. 
we believe that it's just you just scratch and service. That's what I'm going to be interested to see. But he has to actually go out there and 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 do it first, which I think he will. I think he will. I think he'll be good. Um. All right. Anything else before we get out of here? Absolutely not. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Benji, for for jumping on and obliging me with that conversation. I guess uh, it's always fun to come on and hang out. Let me tell you, Andrew. We all listen. Uh, people don't know. Maybe they do because it was tweeted out. Like the crew got together at the wedding. Epic, epic time. Special yeah. time. I hadn't even met everybody. So there was, it was like really special for me to meet everybody and hang out at a celebration like that. It was awesome. We had a great time. Well, so thanks for having all of us. This was was great. Of course. And it was an honor to have all of you. And I'll just say a quick word to the KFS faithful. Um, I think I wanted to save this for Patreon, but I guess this should be public. Just thank you to everybody for the well wishes Mm -hmm. and the, the congratulations on behalf of my wife and I still getting used to that, but finally able to say that on the pod. And um, uh, there's like a whole group of patrons that rated our our registry and sent us. Hey, that's awesome. That's really it's, cool. It It's a reminder that this is uh, Chris had an interaction. And I'm sorry to do this to you, John. Chris posted a video of our entrances into the reception. <laughs> and he posted you and Jeremy walking out <laughs> to the Michael Jordan, the Bulls theme from the 90s. And could not have been more awkward than Jeremy uh, skipping to his loo, and you you were doing like a like a queen wave to everybody. Was, yeah, you were like the you president were elect the or something. Yeah, you would have thought it was a red carpet, and John wanted <laughs> no part of promoting his movie, which he had. He knew he had to get to point B. It's fine. I, I was Chris Pine before. Uh, what was that film? Oh, uh, yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. The <laughs> Don't worry, uh, darling. Don't worry, darling. Yes, where he just like wanted no part of this press tour. And <laughs> did anybody spit on me that night? Nobody. No. Well, as far as I know, no. Um, <laughs> I, I was a bit busy uh, working with the rest <laughs> of the congregation. Having said that, someone in Chris's mentions when he posted that video was like, John and Jeremy were uh, in the wedding party. They were groomsmen. Uh, wow, it's like it's deeper. It's real. It's the real deal at KFS and. Um, Chris replied with, yeah, it's deeper than, than family here at, at Nick's film school. And that's just, that's just the real thing that, yeah, we can disagree about basketball and things like that, but these are, these are my friends, these are my family and you've all created an, an amazing extended family that made us feel very loved on our big day. So thank you for that. And that's and that's why we all call uh, Andrew Claudio Dom Toretto uh, when we speak <laughs> with him in private. I live my uh, life a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> yes, indeed. is that actually a phrase from those movies? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. 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 yes, 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 yes. Benji, how many of the Fast and Furious movie films? Can I tell you, I saw uh, the answer is I think three. However. Fast X is one of them, and I went um, to a, I went to a screening. What? Uh, yeah, well, because I work for NBC Universal now, so I got access to the screen, like early screening of it, and I, I hadn't seen one I think since like the third one. So I was just kind of man, I had a blast. Uh-huh. Good, because I was like, this is this is freaking bonkers, like bananas. What, the, what is this? <laughs> What is happening? Why are they secret agents now? I know these were car these were me- mechanics in the first movie, <laughs> and in the I remember they were street racers. Yes, and that, now they're that's, like that's the all James Bond yeah. mixed with like John Wick. Like I don't. What happened here? There's Mission Impossible involved. The eighth movie, they're driving away on a frozen lake from a submarine. Yo, that movie, that movie was. I thought. Like I thought I had accidentally smoked something. I didn't know what was going on, but I was like, I was happy. Yes. I was happy. I, I I couldn't I couldn't process it fast enough. It was so crazy. It's great. It's very much that this and they're is just my like one upping the cheesiness. Yeah. Like uh-huh. Toretto is just how cheesy can we get here? Like how can we can we deliver a cheesier line with that flat, awful acting? 
and yet it works. It's fantastic. Well, I don't know if you know this, Benji, but this was part one. Part uh, Fast X was a part one. Oh, I'm in. Two. I'm and in. Part, well, obviously, you know, uh, spoiler alert, as the way the movie ends, it's part one of two because it's it's a cliffhanger. Yeah, by the way, crazy cliffhanger. Right. Ridic- hell, ridiculous man? cliffhanger, right? Out of control. Part like, two. Who's making these decisions? Jeez. Well, to give you something to look forward to in part two, <clears throat> Dwayne The Rock Johnson is returning oh, I saw, to the, I saw fran- the, the Fast the franchise. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. My, my, sure, why not? Yes. My only question is, will the next film be titled Fast XI or will it be titled Fast X colon II? Probably the second. It'll probably be Fast X part two. Or Fast 11. Who knows? These are the these are the. There was the a scene questions. where they emerged from a uh, an underground uh, uh, castle, mm-hmm. and they were on an iceberg. And then I think Gal Gadot comes on a ship into the iceberg, and she's like, "Hey guys!" And yep. I don't know where she came from. I didn't know she was in these movies, but that was her only scene. Benji, it gets better. She, she died just, six movies ago. And for some she reason, did. she's alive. She survived the thing that she she's died in. she's in Antarctica on the yep. on the hidden iceberg in a, in a in a cruise ship by herself. That I'm, movie was crazy, man. Indeed, I'm I don't just know how amazed we got from my wedding to Fast Ten, but I'm happy we got it. Yes, I'm just family. amazed that, that yes, got, family, indeed. Yes, yes, there we go. I'm amazed that guy Charlize Theron uh, <laughs> to be. She's like the, the, one of the best actresses in Hollywood, and they have her playing like eighth fiddle uh, in these. Stupid things. You, Much like <laughs> Benji comes on here and humors us with his oh. deep, 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 insightful analysis, even though we're a bunch of clowns. I thought you were going um, a different direction with that. Charlie uh, Theron has the talent and has the skills to be in something bigger, but this franchise treats her like Obi Toppin, which is why they have to let her go to another franchise so she can no. shine the, and actually perform. The next you know? the next comp would be like they could never send Charlize to Indiana. No. no. <laughs> I don't think Charlize Theron would ever step foot in Indiana. Oh, no, wait, the- that's right. She's in the MCU now. Oh, of course she, she is. is. I forgot. She's in. She's at the end of Doctor Strange. So no, Char- went to Char- super team. Charlize's use in these films, again, I haven't seen any of the ones that she's in, um, is like Jalen Brunson's use in Dallas. And now he's... Mm. That's really what it is. But okay. Anyway. All right, we, we've we've beaten the we've beaten the, the horse even more than the <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wall behind. Oh me. my gosh! All right, any you literally any, beat a dead horse behind you. That's, that's actually go. funny. There you go. All right, let's get the hell out of here. Um, <laughs> uh, enjoy Nashville, brother. Have fun. Um, well, we're leaving early tomorrow for uh, making the thirteen plus hour journey back home because we we drove so. Have That's that fun. to look forward to. Um, anything, any any service announcements before we get out of here, Andrew? Uh, two other pods coming later this week. Uh, I don't, and this also goes to, I mean, John hinted at it at the beginning. This goes to my uh, attention that I've paid to Summer League that I just shout out to Chris and to Sean for really holding it down and providing some analysis and post-game reactions to some of the Summer League games. I have no idea if there's another Summer League game planned. Um, but there is no longer a no. live stream planned. I didn't know if the, the last one was Saturday because I thought yeah, the last, last one was Friday. No, that was and the last then one. Saturday was my belated bachelor party that had to get moved because fortunately we had a funeral to go to. So as a result, we didn't have a live stream on Saturday for that game. And I was surprised it was even happening. So we had our finale for live streams is my point for on Friday after the last summer league game. And I think we're going to start transitioning into some evergreen fun content that you can look forward to. I believe we have an interview with the one and only Fred Katz coming later this week. And then Jeremy and I might do something in the middle of this week while you're still road tripping. Um, But yeah, a lot of fun stuff to look forward to throughout the KFS summer. And obviously if something happens, dear God, please don't let it happen at the end of this month when one of us will be in Aruba. But um, if the Knicks do make a big trade, we'll be ready to go live and jump into action should that happen. Watch they watch they make a trade on the day that I'm moving and mm-hmm. then you're in Aruba. I, I would be so upset because I mean we haven't said this on the air. The day that they traded Obi and signed Divincenzo was the biggest like move everything around day for me for the wedding. Like drop off the rest of the stuff <laughs> at the reception, like. Like, job, I, I was traveling all over Long Island. It's why 
as John hinted, I was producing from my phone, which was not fun. <laughs> oh, man. But the things we do for love. All right. Uh, Benji, you're the man. Um, thank you. Uh, Andrew Claudio, thank you. Thank you. Congratulations again. And uh, we should, thanks, hold on. everybody. We should say, John, what? we should say, what? John, Benji, best wishes to you and yours. You've got some thanks, big family stuff coming very soon. Yeah, man. Despite I, John's warnings. Yes. <laughs> Despite John's warnings, you're going to go. Uh, you yeah. opted to be a family of three. Yes. <sighs> Thank you very much. And I will, uh, I don't know, probably speak to you guys at some point before then. Maybe not. Then we'll speak after then. But appreciate it. I don't hear anything. I don't know if you guys. <laughs> oh, John Froze. John Froze. That'll, that'll, that'll wrap this. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.